Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. I know it's been a while. It's been some time, quite some time since I posted anything. And um, I, I got to get back into it. It's been difficult, especially with work and with the uh, this uh, heat spell, this uh, days of uh, heat wave uh, in New York. It's been a little cool. It's a little cooler. I try to uh, put together, uh, you know, today's reading, the 16th Sunday. So I'll try again. But I'm going to talk a little bit um, about what what's been happening. What have I what have I been doing <laughs> through this time? I started reading the Imitation of the Sacred Heart during. Um, the last couple of uh, weeks, uh, and um, and I was also reading a book. I still have it, um, "Devotion to the Sacred Heart," which is uh, I'm going to try to put that to practice. Um, why, why those books? Uh, I know I talked about the devotion to the Holy Face of Jesus, which is something I also. Um, I've I've developed a uh, intimacy too, and I think these things are very important because I think it's important to develop and foster and um, cultivate. The word is cultivate. This kind of devotion, this kind of intimacy with Christ. The devotion to the Holy Face, I think, is. It's encountering Christ on the road to his passion. I mean, think about it. Veronica bumps into him and she wipes his face with her handkerchief, with her, uh, her veil, her veil. Uh, and he, his, his bloodied image is imprinted on that veil, a veil that she puts on her head it's sort of like expresses meditation and contemplation since you wear a veil. And that is a very intimate thing, especially for, I guess you could say a woman in the first century, a veil. A veil uh, in marriage covers a woman's face. It is, you're about, a husband removes the veil he is entering into a great intimacy. This basically, I guess you can say, is could represent uh, the veil could represent the entrance into our soul. It's Eucharistic, so it's a divine intimacy. The Sacred Heart is divine intimacy. Is divine intimacy. So, yeah, this, these books, um, I guess you can say, I mean, I've been praying for more, for more, in, for more deeper, a deeper cultivation into into the prayer life. You know, I mean, for people like us who are lay people, it's not easy. It's not easy. We have the rosary. 
And to me, to cultivate these prayers, to try to get improved, is not easy. I mean, I could go maybe well every morning. Lately, I've been praying the playing the app, the Augustine Institute app. I had the the Howell app for a while, but you got to pay for that. And right now, you know, you got to cut back on your payments and things, you know, what what you're going to give money to. And I've been praying the Holy Rosary, listening to it. Maybe it's not exactly a way of praying, but I've been praying, you know, playing it. And I think it's great. There's also a prayer on there called the um, the surrender me prayer. Uh, you surrender your troubles to Jesus and you ask him, you know, it says, oh, Jesus, I surrender all my troubles to you. Take care of it. Take care of it for me. Take care, take care of it. You take care of it or something like that. I should remember the exact words, but they are, it's, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful prayer. Um, I got a chance to see Nefarious and I got a chance to see the Pope's exorcist. Now, Nefarious is a frightening movie. It's not an exorcist, exorcism movie. There's no exorcism in it. The Pope's exorcist is a fantasy and it's supposed to be based on the chief, uh, I guess you could say the chief exorcist of Rome. Father Gabriel Amorath. I don't, um, the exact title, I don't know, but he was the chief exorcist of Rome. Russell Crowe doesn't exactly, I mean, he's making a caricature of him. He's, Russell Crowe's a good actor. It's entertaining. But I wouldn't say it's a reverent movie. It, it, It goes... It goes off the, uh, the the map, basically. It doesn't stick to a good theological um, a good theological play, a good theological uh, blueprint. Let's put it that way. It's a fantasy film. It's like uh, almost like the kind of films that you would have seen in the '90s or something, action-packed or something like that. You know, it's it's not really. It's it's not reverent. It, you know, it's just not reverent. Now, the difference between Nefarious is that Nefarious is you get a catechesis. You, you get the faith preached to you by the enemy of the faith, by a demon called Nefarious. It's about a man who's, who's, who's in the... Uh, a state prison. He's scheduled for execution. And Dr. James Martin, not Father James Martin, it's a play on his name. He's a doubter, a doubting Thomas. He doesn't believe in anything. He doesn't believe in the supernatural. And he has to interview, review this man to see if he's sane enough to go to the execute, to the lecture chair or not. Um, he doesn't realize he's really encountering a, spoilers, a demoniac, someone who's possessed. And so you have to watch it. <laughs> I did see, I, uh, I know I did a, uh, a podcast on the um, Padre Pio movie, 
um, I didn't. I I I really felt believe that uh, Shia LaBeouf would have done better in a better script with a better director. This film did not know what it wanted to be. It basically was telling the story about the socialists and the socialist movement in the town in San Giovanni, and it had. Padre Pio had no contact with any of those people. There were some irreverent scenes. Uh, a naked woman appears. He drops the F-bomb. Uh, you know, it was not a reverent movie. Again, what does this say about our culture? Why do we have these fascinations with the supernatural, and what does it say about our the spiritual state of our society? I mean, there's a lot of... This summer, there's been a lot of bad movies. Disney's not doing good. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to see Sound of Freedom. I'd like to see it. In the theater, I just... Time is very limited for me. And, you know, I like to get things done. You know, I need to get the laundry done, uh, take care of some stuff with the house. This film, Sound of Freedom, as you probably all know, was, I don't know if you heard, but I'll tell you anyway, it was made five years ago, and it was supposed to be distributed by 20th Century Fox, but then Disney purchased 20th Century Fox, and they shelved this movie. They didn't want to release this movie. Why? I guess it just doesn't fit their image Angel Studios um, I guess there might have been some legal argument between the director and Disney and the producers and Disney uh, Angel Studios came along and purchased the movie in an undisclosed deal now uh, they just recently released uh <laughs> Uh, what do you call it? The Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny. It bombed in the theater. The film cost somewhere between something like three hundred million, maybe four hundred million. Sound of Freedom cost fifty million to make, and they they made they made their money back. It's a low budget film, but they made their money back. They made their money back. Just recently, of course, you got the. Uh, uh, Barbie film, which is a horrible movie from what I heard from all the reviews. It's a feminist film. It's an anti-woman's movie. Um, <laughs> it's really hilarious what, what the, 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 the things they're putting out. Yeah, there's a scene in the film where you have these little girls and it's supposed to be a prehistoric age of little girls. They're, they're it's a it's a surreal scene. It's a surreal scene. You know, they're playing with their dolls. They got their carriages. They're pretending to be mobbies to their dolls. They're dressed in their, you know, 1950s-style clothes. But it's a spoof from 2001, The Space Odyssey, the primitive prehistoric ape man. And then suddenly, you know, the, you know, the way that monolith and that, that very uh, epic soundtrack 
and they wake up and there's a tall blonde Barbie in high heels and a bathing suit smiling at them. And suddenly they just destroy their baby dolls. They're smashing them, tearing them into pieces because now they've been liberated by the ideal image of a woman. I mean, the film is, you can't, it's not made for little girls. From what I, all the, um, the critic reviews on YouTube said, it's not made for little girls. It's basically, you know, Ken is, uh, he's just a spoof of a man. Uh, They just don't, the whole point of the film is to destroy the image of man and woman, destroy the relationship between man and woman, destroy the relationship between girls and, and femininity and womanhood and their sex. It's basically a woke, a woke movie. So that's it, basically. You can look up more stuff on YouTube and check it out for yourselves. Why? Why would they put out a movie like this? Don't know. Why are they destroying the image of manhood in people, in, in their heroes? Don't know. The Flash movie? Don't plan to see it. Maybe I might rent it when it comes out on streaming. But it's... The car- uh, Ezra Miller is a psychopath. I'm going to say it. He He's had quite a few run-ins of the law. He's attacked women at nightclubs, strangling them, uh, assaulting them. He has assaulted a couple of people. He's got involved in some strange pedophile sex scandal thing, which I won't go into. It's It's a horrible film. And I heard the special effects. Some people said they liked it. I think most people are so desperate to go to the movies, they'll see anything. I haven't bothered to go see Guardians of the Galaxy, and I and I haven't heard much about that. Some people said it was good. I'm not going to bother. It's the last time I was in the movies was I went to see. It might have been the Chosen. It might have been the chosen. Uh, yeah, when Chosen season three came out during the the season three period, uh, when it came out around the holidays, and that was it. It's difficult to go to a movie now. It's expensive to go to the movie. Nowadays, I mean, before I used to pay just to go see whatever, you know, whatever seat. Now they want to make you choose a seat. It's just not worth it. It's a, it's not a fun experience. And, you know, it's not fun traveling in the subway. And, you know, I haven't taken my mom to a movie in a long time. Ever since the lockdown, ever since the COVID, it has not been the same. The world has not been the same. And we're not going to go back to that period, before that period. It's sad. And, you know, um, I don't know what the movies are going to be like, you know, in the future. I don't think we're going back to to that period. It's going to be a long time. It's expensive. Movie theaters have to be expensive. I mean, they're trying to stay open. 
and everything. So, you know, but going from there, what does it say about the spiritual state of our culture? What does it say about the depravity of our culture? It's it's gone. Our, you know, we we're we're in a serious, seriously in a paradigm shift. We are seriously in a serious spiritual crisis. Chose, I mean, it's great that we got things like The Chosen and we got films like Sound of Freedom coming out and Nefarious. But also, uh, Angel Studios is putting out a movie on Mother Cabrini, which I saw the trailer. It looks great. Uh, Mother Cabrini looks great. Uh, before that, they actually put out His Only Son. I forgot to mention that, which is about Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac. That's, that was a very good film. It was, a good, it was very Protestant, but it was, it was worth seeing it. It's great seeing a movie like that. I, 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 you know, I didn't see it in the theater. I rented it on, on Amazon. I might have purchased it. I don't know. But still, I think it's great that we're getting this parallel market of uh, in, in, in our culture now because we need it. This parallel economy, parallel entertainment, I think it's worth it. Uh, it's funny, Sound of Freedom has been accused of being conspiracy theory, uh, QAnon. I have, I, QAnon seems to be a conspiracy theory site, and a lot of people want a right-wing conspiracy. <sighs> well... It's not. It's not from what I heard. Everybody, I have two friends who went to see it. They said it's great. And what I think they don't like is they don't want to admit that there is um, there's abuse, there's sex trafficking. In the movie Nefarious, the demon, the demoniac, um, as he's sitting down talking, talking, being interviewed by the Dr. James Martin, tells the doctor, the doctor's trying to say that they are progressive, live in a progressive world. We don't. We're not better than the people of the past. Human nature, when it comes to power and decadence, is always reduced to materialism and sexual perversity that is the nature all right in the french revolution when the french revolution took place prostitution and pornography were rampant pornography is the is is the result of materialism sexual materialism constantly focusing on um the, this world, pleasures, decadence, drugs, alcohol, and sexual depravity go hand in hand. And this is because we've lost 
us as a culture, we've lost track of our roots. We've lost, we've distanced ourselves spiritually, from supernaturally from God. And the devil works in in these in these objects, in these these tools, these tools of depravity, greed, money, power, and suddenly what happens, justice, fairness, and mercy is gone. And this is why I think all this is happening and we are getting a shift. Revolutions, I just recently learned, never happen from the bottom up. They always happen from the top. Same thing with heresy in the Catholic Church. It always winds up... um, It always winds up going into political depravity, political abuse, and sexual depravity. It always that they always go hand in hand, and that's what's happened. I mean, look at the, look at this presidency. Look at the the, the Bidens. Look at uh, this abuse of, of transgenderism. Look at the fact that there's even a political movement to legalize pedophilia. It's all there. Every culture goes to that to to that point and then suddenly each generation moves further and further away from their roots it's not a joke it's true I mean it happens all the time in ancient Israel according to Josephus in his books uh, about the Jewish antiquity Jewish wars there's a seed in the chapter uh, Josephus talks about where the elite of Jerusalem, the uh, Herodians and others, other other particular groups, the youth, the men were dressed in drag, women's clothes, to lure in their victims. And they would kill them, literally kill them. And this led to... Um, it led to the destruction of the temple. It led to the destruction of, of the temple. The men, think about it, waking up in the morning and finding dead bodies in the streets of Jerusalem. And if that's what's happening, how much depravity, how much of it has slipped through the cracks of, uh, of, of that society? Happens all the time. It happened with under Nero. It happened in the later days of the Roman Empire. It always comes to this. It always comes to this. It always comes to what's you know you know to destruction of our society. The well-being of our society is gone. We need God. We need to convert. We need this, and we need this now. And this is why a lot of us want to run away from that uh, from that depravity. You want to protect your kids. You want to protect your friends. Sorry. It's just too much. I mean, you know, it's sad what's happening. So why? Why do we always go into sexual depravity? What is it that leads us to this? It's obviously... It's a result of the fall, the result of original sin. And because I believe it's the hatred 
that Satan has for men and women, for our sex, our gender, our our relationship, the fact that we are we complement. What better way? I mean, think about it. <laughs> Who knows what what Adam and Eve went through after the fall? The the domestic dispute and violence between them, um, and then the fact that they had a they had two sons and one Cain was the one who 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 committed the first murder. Who knows how difficult he must have been? Who knows? I mean, what what violence lurked in his heart? What depravity worked in his heart? You know, lurked in there and and grew and brew. And, and fermented that he bred an entire uh, generations and race with this violence in his own heart. I mean, God says to him <clears throat> when he refused his sacrifice, be careful. All right. Sin is at the door crouching like a wild animal ready to master you. You must master it before it masters you. That's a good, fair advice. When you think about it, but he, he let it master his heart. He murdered his brother. Doesn't go into too much details, but Abel's sacrifices was accepted. His sacrifice from the heart, his sheep, he was a shepherd. Cain's sacrifice was harvest. And he probably did not give God the best he was not a loving person. There's some people like that in life. No matter what you do, they're just not loving people. They just don't have love in their heart. It's difficult for some people to love. Not that it's normal. It's just that he obviously, some cases some people think because theologians determined that Eve thought Cain was going to be the Messiah. Cain was going to be restore everything. And he didn't. But instead... He wound up creating a whole world of violence. And violence it was. It became a world of probably depravity. Probably a lot of sexual depravity. According to Jewish texts, it was a world filled with violence. Violence against women and violence against humanity itself. I mean, we, you know, we, we, we talk about the Holocaust and we, yeah, that's a picture of it. We talk about racism and racial bigotry and lynching, <clears throat> but that's a picture of it. That's a, a good example. But look at the Soviet camps. Look at other violences. Look at what other people have done. And yet we want to think we're progressive. We're not progressive. We're mutilating our kids. We're, we're pushing sexual mutilation, genital mutilation on these young people. And we want to believe that we're progressive. We are not progressive. We are, we are depraved. And probably with technology, we're even more depraved than ever before. We're going to get, I mean, think about it. Pornography with with the with this with the apps with the technology we have, we are far more depraved than ever before. We're more violent than ever before. It's just a good proof of it. 
where we're heading is difficult to say. You got governors in states like California pushing for it. You got other governors in other states pushing for it. You got doctors pushing for it. Politicians are pushing for it. What happens when it all turns, when it all falls apart? What happens if the generation wants wants justice from, from these people, these celebrities and these politicians? What happens? Can't do it. <coughs> Can't charge me with that. I've got, I've got diplomatic immunity. I got political immunity. Is that what, you, is that what a politician is going to say to people? There are young people out there who have been fooled, who've been sold a pack of lies that they can revert back to their former gender. They can revert back, but they've already mutilated their, their genitals. They already mutilated themselves. How far are we planning to go with this? How, why is it so easy to believe in this? <coughs> Yet, <coughs> excuse me, you're a Christian, you're crazy. You're a Christian, you're an oppressor. You're a Christian, you're a white supremacist. You're a white man, you are a white supremacist. Everybody else around the world is stupid except the woke crowd. I think it's wonderful that you identify as female. I think it's wonderful that you love to put on your mom's clothes. I think it's wonderful that you dress up like that. People, this is not helping them. It's hurting them. And we're afraid. And there's a lot of Christians who are afraid. And I understand that. Everyone understand it. You know, we're afraid of our reputation. And I, and I mean, I would be scared too if I lost my job. How would I take care of my mom? How would I pay the bills? It's not easy. It's going to get, and it's going to get worse. But we don't have the support of our church because many of our bishops are part of that 60s and 70s generation. Someone like Pope Francis is part of that same generation. They want to be welcomed. They want to be welcoming. They want to teach this, I guess. It's horrible. It's ridiculous, but it's true. Anyway, I just wanted to give you guys, I'm still around. I don't want to continue with this because you can look up the stuff. It's on It's on the air. It's on YouTube. So just want to tell you guys, God bless you. Um, please keep praying. Keep praying. Um, make yourself familiar with scripture. Make yourself familiar with with spiritual readings. Um, keep praying. I'll get back soon with uh, with the usual podcast with some, some of our um, usual uh, Sunday readings, okay? Uh, just, just, I just wanted to put this out there for you guys so you could, you know, um, realize the podcast is going to continue. It's just needed a little time off. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll get back. I'll get back to you soon. God bless.